0: you take your Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 1, please. Proverbs chapter 1. God willing, we'll be expounding verse 9. Last week we studied verse 8, where Solomon said, if you'll look with me in verse 8, my son... Hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. In that study, we were reminded what the word instruction meant. Remember, to be taught by disciplining blows. We learn what the role uh, parents have in handing down godly instruction to children. And we learn that the word law there in the Hebrew, that word translated law, it means to flow as water. And we learn that as sand forms the banks of rivers. So God's law forms the boundaries of our lives. And Solomon is admonishing us not to depart from God's law. But to allow it to carry us down that prescribed path that he has for us. So Solomon says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father. And forsake not the law of thy mother. Look with me now in the next verse. For they shall be. Solomon says, hear and forsake not, for they shall be. The word they is a noun. And it's referring to godly instruction in law that Solomon just got through describing that parents passed down to their young children. But I want you to notice that Solomon did not say, my son, hear the instruction of thy father... And forsake not the law of thy mother, for they are. (laughs) He said, For they shall be. This means the law of God and its instruction to a young person has the potential of becoming something. They shall be. They're not at the time. But if you take heed to them, young person, they shall be. To those who hear and do not forsake God's law and instruction from their parents, that law and instruction will become something for them. And what it becomes will be a great blessing to the person who has it. So, this promise is a great incentive for a young person to take heed to godly instruction. However, it is also a great warning to a young person to not rebel against godly instruction. Why? Because if this verse promises what godly instruction shall be, if we take heed to it, it also promises what godly instruction shall never become if we do not. Godly instruction has great potential. But our response to godly instruction will either reward us or it will deprive us of ever realizing that great, that godly instruction can become. So there is a great reward in this verse, but there's also a great risk of the loss of reward in this verse, all depending on what you do with the godly instruction you receive. If we hear it and we do not forsake it, then Solomon said, it shall be, look back in your text, an ornament of grace. The Hebrew word translated ornament here is referring to a wreath that's made by weaving small tree branches together. The history of using wreaths goes back for thousands of years. And having retired from the state of Texas, Brother Shepherd, I naturally thought of our state seal, which if you were to look at it, maybe no, no one can picture the state seal right now, but we certainly can. But if you were to look at the state seal, as many seals would have, you would notice a wreath in that seal, and it's composed of two branches from two different trees. One branch is an olive branch, and the other is a live oak branch in the state seal, And the branches symbolize certain qualities of the state of Texas. The olive branch symbolizes, can anyone guess? Peace and abundance. Can anyone guess? That's exactly right. Exactly right. You see how natural it came to his mind? Strength. Because that's the attribute of that tree, you know. As the abundance of the olives is... And the fatness of the olives would would refer to the abundance. And of course the peace because it symbolized that. And coming from Jerusalem and all. Uh, the godly instruction that we receive therefore. It becomes the branches. That if you will... As we obey it and take heed to it, they're woven together and, and, and they, they, they consist of divine righteousness and wisdom and understanding and, and holiness that God conveys and weaves and, and gives to us through the instruction we receive. That ornament, therefore, since it comes from God, is an ornament, Solomon says, of grace. Of grace. Peace, boundless, and strength make a wonderful ornament for our state. But godly instruction will become an ornament of grace. The Hebrew word translated grace here is a very lovely word. Its root word has the idea of a superior being stooping down to offer help or kindness to an inferior being, and i 've used this illustration before, but I, when putting these notes together, could not think of a better one, so i 'll use it again while at work one summer day, I was out in an impound yard where i 'd had my stolen cars stored, and I saw a worm being attacked by a bunch of ants. And that little worm was writhing in pain and wiggling and trying to get those ants off him. But he was completely defenseless against those ants. And I felt sorry for him. Ask my wife. She'll tell you how often I've captured a wasp or something or a lizard. I take them outside. I let them go. (laughs) And it had recently rained and there was a, a puddle of water nearby. And I felt sorry for that little worm, so I stooped down. I had to stoop down to get him. And I picked that little worm up, and I took him over to that water puddle, and I washed all the ants. Ants hate water. They'll let go if you put them down in water. And I washed all the ants off that worm, and I carried the worm far away from those ants, and I left them in a safe place. And you may be thinking right now, Brother Richard, that is one of the silliest things I've ever heard a grown man doing. Why in the world would a, would a grown man worry about, a especially one with a gun and authority and puts people in jail. Why would he worry about a little worm like that? But that's just the point of the illustration. Because the distance between me and God is so much Farther, so much greater of a distance than the distance between me and that little worm. God is far higher, far greater, far superior in all of his wonderful qualities and intellect and power than I am to that little worm. Why did I care about that little worm? Not because of any particular uh, appeal that he had to me. Not because of any beauty or strength or glory that I saw on the worm. Why did I care? Because he needed help. And I had pity on him. And I stooped down to do for him what he could not do for himself. When you see the word grace in the Bible, think of an almighty God who is greater and higher than all creation. Seeing lowly man to him much lower than a worm in distress, having pity on him in stooping down so much further than I stoop down to give him what he does not deserve and to do for him what he cannot do for himself." When we receive godly instruction, that instruction becomes the vessel through which God's grace reaches down the lowly man. It shall be an ornament of grace, Solomon said. Look back in your text. Unto thy head. Unto thy head. Now let's pause here for a moment and wonder. At the words that we read. For the head here. Is the part of man where honor is bestowed. Remember what the apostle Paul spoke about. When he spoke about the woman praying with her head uncovered. How that was wrong. And it is wrong for a man to pray with his head covered. Because the man is the glory of God. So you see how the man's head and God's glory go hand in hand. It shall be an ornament of grace unto your head. Godly instruction shall become a wreath of heavenly grace placed upon the head of those who embrace it. Think about it. Heavenly grace crowning earthly grace. Man. I'm going to say it again. Heavenly grace crowning earthly man. That little worm not only escapes the ants, but is exalted above the angels. That's what we're looking at here. That is the mighty grace of God, and that is the blessing promised to us in the gospel message. That we The lowly worm are now seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Far above all principality and power and might. That means the angels included. The grace of God. Crowning the head of man. The gospel. Is the greatest godly instruction. That a parent can ever give child. And if that parent receives it, that will be the greatest crown ever placed upon that child's head. But all godly instruction when adhered to shall be another branch in that wreath of God's grace upon our heads. Not only granting to us the honor of becoming a son, but also granting to us the honor of behaving as a son of God. In our fallen nature, Let's just be honest with ourselves. In our fallen nature, we have a tendency to try to honor ourselves, don't we? We do. We attempt to gain honor. Noting our physical appearance. We attempt to gain honor. Boy, boys love to do that, by the way. I remember. I will not tell you who it was. I will not tell you who it was. But if my daughter's watching right now, she'll know. And it was not any of my children. I would not embarrass them like this. But I remember one particular night in the fellowship hall at a church I was pastoring many years ago. I remember there being some teenage girls there. Cute little girls. And I remember this one teenage boy. I remember watching him. He was over here, out of the sight of those teenage girls. I don't have to worry about where that red tape is anymore. This is wonderful. He was over here, out of the sight of those teenage girls, and he knew where they were. And he was—I I saw him out of the corner of my eye. He was preparing himself to walk past those teenage girls, and he wanted to make sure that they viewed him the right way. He was a little skinny runt. I remember watching him. He goes. <sighs> And you walk past him like that, and when he got past them, oh, they're about out of them. Hey. Boys will do that, won't they, Brother Shepherd? They yeah, check the reflection out in the mirror and things like that. Brother Shepherd's never had to worry about that. But we we, we, we try to gain our, our earthly uh, uh, our, our physical appearance and women'll do the same things. Just not like that, but you know, women—we attempt to gain honor by promoting our earthly possessions. This is what I have. Look at me. We attempt to gain honor by promoting our education. <laughs> I'm much smarter than the. Average. We attempt to gain honor by promoting ourselves with the groups or. Or, or some association that we belong to. And, and, and try to look at me. I'm, I'm with them. We attempt to gain honor by promoting our earthly talents. By promoting our accomplishments. Our employment status. Or some position of authority that we possess. It's what we do. Look at me. When we do this we're just hoping to swing some honor. Our way and there's But that honor is vain, you know why? because it 's going to fade away with this passing world at the, the courthouse that I work at, the district courthouse, the federal courthouse there's a photograph of a federal judge dancing with his wife, who also was a federal judge. And if I remember right, it was a formal celebration in the photograph, and I believe they were celebrating him becoming a federal district judge. And as a federal judge, you're almost like a little king. They've got a lot of power. I mean, when you can overrule the president on something, you've got a lot of power. And uh, great honor is paid to you by people when you're a federal judge. They even call you your honor. And they stand when you enter the room. They listen to you when you speak. When you're a judge, everyone's nice to you. They pay you honor, whether they really like you or not. But as time passed by, that judge had another photograph of himself hanging on the wall. Because if you were to enter the, the district courthouse in a certain Uh, atrium, you would see photographs starting with black and white photographs lining the wall like this and coming around lining the wall like this. And every time a federal judge died that served in that courthouse they would put their photo on the wall. And so there's a bunch of them just lining the walls. Sometimes I'll just go and stare at them. You'll see the different hairstyles, the different looks, the different clothes. Just watch time pass by. And soon, his photograph got hung on that wall too. Because he died. And now there's another one past him. There's one particular retired judge that I asked him a while back. "Hey, Hey, judge, what you been up to? He said, oh, just... Trying to keep my photograph off that wall. And that's some way of looking at life, you know. All of the power and all the celebration of life died when those judges died. Now they're little more than a memory hanging on a wall. Earthly honor perishes with earthly things. But if you will honor God's law, then His law will honor you. It will become a crown of grace upon your head. People may pretend to honor men outwardly due to their positions, but righteousness is an adornment that will bring you genuine honor that will endure forever. Not only in the eyes of righteous men, but where it counts most, In the eyes of God. It will be a wreath of His grace upon your head. And if God crowns you. If God weaves the crown. If God places upon your head. God accepts the honor. Because He's the one who gave it to you. And it will endure as long as God endures. It will become an adornment upon your head. Look back in your text. And chains. It will become chains too. Not chains that bind you. That's what disobeying godly instruction will give you it will give you chains on your feet, (laughs) shackles on your wrists but not chains that bind you but chains that adorn you like silver and gold does godly instruction will become goodly chains it will become costly and valuable chains where? about thy neck see it? Solomon says, about thy neck. And that's a fitting place for a chain to be. And this also includes the idea of honor because the neck is connected to the head and to adorn the neck with beauty and with costly chains is to give honor to the head that rests upon that neck. Let me give you an example. The Greek Olympians were once crowned with wreaths. Olive branches they would crown the Olympians with. Now those same Olympians are adorned with bronze, silver, or gold about their neck. Still honor, you see. It's the same principle, only the neck is a place known to showcase a beautiful piece of jewelry. So while both have the idea of honor, the goodly chain about the neck also has the idea of beauty. Beauty. And wealth. I remember back in the eighties, it was very popular for men at that time to wear gold chains around their necks as as many do now, but really popular back then. I remember especially how it wasn't good enough for men to just know they had a chain on the inside. Now oh, they had to unbutton their shirt and let everyone see the chain, you know. Or if they had a t shirt on, they'd flop it out there and let everyone see their gold necklace. In their minds, that gold chain made them look good. The truth is, you can put a gold chain on anything. You put a gold chain on some old mangy dog out there. One of the ugliest things I've ever seen is a baby buzzard. Anyone ever seen a baby buzzard? They're ugly. You can put a gold chain on a baby buzzard, it's still going to be ugly. Chains of earthly gold can't make you pretty. I saw where a former Oakland Raiders cheerleader and um, risque model was arrested this week. Do you see that, Brother Doug? For spitting on and striking an elderly man on a Delta Airlines flight. Her whole life. People have been telling that young lady, she's not young anymore, but since she was young, people have been telling her that she's pretty, she's beautiful. She's probably heard that her whole life. But all the natural beauty she has, all the makeup she wears, and the jewelry she puts on, can't hide that ugliness inside her. All you have to do is put that woman under a little stress. That's on the airline. Could you imagine living with her? Put her under a little stress and all that ugliness on the inside is going to come out godly instruction be like a goodly chain about your neck. It will make you beautiful from the inside out. My wife's grandmother used to tell her, pretty is as pretty does. Girls and boys, ladies and gentlemen, true lasting beauty comes from within. The truth is these proverbs can make any person beautiful in the eyes of those who can see you get that these proverbs have the power of making any person beautiful in the eyes of those who can see the things of God don't focus on what you can put on to make you pretty or handsome focus on what you can put in you That can make you pretty or handsome. A man who's pretty on the inside. Will fall in love with a woman who's pretty on the inside. But girls if you try to attract a handsome man. With your outward beauty alone. You may end up with a whole lot more ugly. Than you ever bargained for. After you get married. And vice versa fellas. Hold fast to goodly instruction it will crown your head and it will adorn your neck and it will attract other people to you who desire the knowledge of God. And with that, we'll go ahead and close and Lord willing, take back up in verse 10 next Wednesday night. There's some ladies I've seen who because of their chasteness, because of their submission to God, their meek and quiet spirit, as the Bible puts it, they just glow with beauty. Does anyone know what I'm talking about when you see someone like that? I see a few heads shaking like that. Just glow with beauty. Just natural glow. Glow. Because of their behavior. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. We thank you, dear Lord, for your amazing grace, how you stoop down to these lowly creatures and crown them with heavenly grace. making them beautiful in raising them up. If they will bow the knee, then you lift the head. God, how wonderful, Lord, it is that your instruction has become that vessel through which you convey such wonderful grace and how the devil wants so bad for us to not realize this, dear Lord so he can cut off that wonderful transport of your grace to your creatures. Help us, Lord, I pray, to submit ourselves wholly unto you and to your precious word, to humbly and eagerly receive that godly instruction that you may weave many branches and make many links upon our heads and necks. In Jesus' precious name.